Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Hi there. Welcome to the show. This is Anna. David, I am your host, and I thank you so much for listening. If you are old to the show, thank you for listening through the various incarnations, names, subjects, all of that. Um, I'm really into this current incarnation, and apparently some of you guys are too, because we've been getting some, when I say we, I mean I have been getting some wonderful reviews. They've just popped up on iTunes. They make my day. So if you have ever thought about writing a review for this podcast, it would mean the world to me. Um, And if you do a good deed for someone else randomly, guess what? It'll come back to you. We talk a little bit about that in this interview. And that is my segue. It is an interview uh, that is from the TV show that I do, the Apple TV show, which is now also called Light Hustle, Grit Out of the Dark. And uh, I give her a proper introduction in a second. So Uh, If you, this is what you're going to learn in this episode. Um, What does tongue scraping have to do with success? Can your husband be your mentor? And what's a spiritual practice that has three M's in it? Keep listening. This is Emily Fletcher. Hi, welcome to Light Hustle, Grit Out of the Dark. I am your host, Anna David. This is the show where I talk to people about their struggles, their success, and how they share their dark to hustle their light. And I mean light in the spiritual sense, in the ha-ha sense, in whatever way makes sense. So today I'm very excited about my guest. Uh, She is somebody that when this show first started, I went rushing up to her, I would say, at a party. And I said, you've got to do my show. And uh, she did. She is. It's happening right now. I'm going to tell you who she is. She's the founder of Ziva Meditation and the creator of Ziva Online, which is a powerful 15-day training in mindfulness, meditation, and manifesting. And I love that alliteration. She is considered the leading expert on meditation for performance and has spoken at Google, Harvard Business School, Apple. She's also been named one of the top women in wellness to watch Welcome, Emily Fletcher. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited you're here. Also, I didn't even have time to mention your book, which is Stress Less. Accomplish More. Accomplish More. And it is available all over. Yep. Amazon, Audible, wherever you like to get your books. Did you read it yourself on Audible? I did. did, Yes. Isn't that hell? (laughs) It actually was great because, you know, I used to be on Broadway for 10 years and it felt like this beautiful marriage of my past life and my my current life. Oh. Yeah. It was super fun for me. But it's exhausting to your voice. Yeah, but I used to sing and dance for a living. Yeah. So I was fine. You're like three days of reading is nothing. Yeah. Yeah. They gave me four. I did it in two and a half. Oh my God. I was real proud of myself. (laughs) Stress less, accomplish more. Yeah. So, okay. So let's talk about your journey from Broadway 
to meditation. Obviously, this is an unusual journey. What happened? Were there struggles involved? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you think once you achieve a big goal in your life that everything is going to be amazing. Of course. But instead, I was actually having panic attacks, listening to Eckhart Tolle on repeat, rocking myself in fetal position underneath my dressing room table in between shows. I was suffering from severe anxiety. I was suffering from insomnia. For 18 months, I could not sleep through the night. I started getting sick and injured. I was going gray at 26. And so here I am, like living my dream, and I was miserable. And so thankfully, this woman sitting next to me in the dressing room had a harder job than I did because I was understudying three of the lead roles. She what was, show were you It was a chorus that? line at this point. But I didn't, Who were like, you understudying? I'm obsessed with chorus Oh, lines. my gosh. So Sheila, Val, and Judy. Ugh. So really, they hired me to be Sheila because I'm an amazing Sheila. But it was Val that was our always calling out. Dance and I was 10 a, looks 3. Dance 10 looks 3. And I'm not a good fit for that role. And I was going on all the time at a moment's notice. And it, just that anxiety just led to like not, not a great life. Do you think being an understudy was more stressful than actually having the role? 1,000%. Because, because you didn't know. my next job was that I played Sheila on the first national tour, and I had learned to meditate, and it was amazing. But that wow. was not a fun chapter of life. <laughs> but maybe it was amazing because you learned to meditate. So let's talk about, so you're, you're having, are they panic attacks, or it's just bad, bad anxiety? It was not panic attacks. It was just anxiety, but but uh, compounded by the insomnia. You know, life yeah. is hard when you're not sleeping. And then when you have to sing and dance for a living, it's very hard to sing well if you're exhausted. And then being on a stage with lights on a leotard with 3,000 people in the audience looking at you being like, what is happening? It's just embarrassing. And I don't like not being good at my job. And so finally, I found meditation. And on the first day of my first class, I was in a different state of consciousness that I had ever been in before. And I liked it. And then that night I slept through the night for the first time in 18 months. And I have every night since. That was 11 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Then I didn't get sick for eight and a half years. I stopped going gray. I'm 40 now. I have like one gray hair. I was legitimately going gray in my 20s. And I, most importantly, I started enjoying my job again. And something I remember you saying when we met is your sex life got much better. Or that you didn't say that pers personally, but that meditation can really help your sex life. Which yes. Like, dude, let's talk about that. Yeah. So it was just on our mutual friend, Emily Morse's show, yes. in Sex with Emily. Yes. And was talking all about this. So here's the thing. When you're stressed, when your body's in fight or flight, your body's basically preparing for a predatory attack. So procreation, pleasure are not top of mind. Like the body's not really interested in pleasure. As a matter of fact, it shuts down your senses so that you don't feel that tiger bite when it happens. Wow. You know, your immune system goes to the back burner. Your bladder and bowels evacuate, which is decidedly not sexy. Not at all. Adrenaline and cortisol starts flooding in your body. Um, that your skin gets acidic, so you don't taste very good if that tiger bites into you. And that acid on your skin can prematurely age us. So the series of chemical reactions is useful if your demands are tigers or bears or lions, but not so useful if you're like getting excited for a first date. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So, okay, so let's talk. So it was a woman next to you yes. said to you, you got to learn to meditate, this will help. Well, she wasn't so much like me, like, girl, you need to meditate. She was just amazing at her job. Every bite of food, every song she sang, every dance was a celebration. And I was like, what do you know that I don't know? I need to have some of what she's having. And actually, she lives in Australia now, and she just became a meditation teacher as well, which I was so thrilled to hear. Full circle. Yeah. So she said, I'm going to take you to this class I go to. I'm going to teach yeah, she was you to like my guru. Yeah, she's like, my teacher's in town. Why don't you go to this talk? And so I went to this talk, and I was like, all right. 
And uh, so, yeah, so I learned this meditation class. It, it very much changed my life. And I started teaching just meditation for the first like three or four years of my career. It was just teaching meditation. And then I realized, you know what? Meditation alone is not enough because how many ex-meditators do you know? How many people yeah. do you know who are like, oh, I tried meditation and then I quit or I downloaded an app, but I don't use it. And I was like, why are people getting the keys to the kingdom and then putting them down? Like it really was a mystery to me. So I started diving in and, and asking my students questions of like, what's really going on? And I noticed it was two things. One, because meditation can be so powerful and it can really like heal a lot of old trauma, a lot of old stress can start to come up and out. You can have sadness, rage, irritability coming up and out. And if you're not warned about that or equipped with how to deal with that, a lot of people just stop because it's too scary. And they think meditation should just make them like floating on a cloud of bliss. And instead they're actually purging a lifetime of accumulated stresses. And yet most meditation teachers are not equipping people with how to deal with that dark, right? And so that was a big change that I made in the Ziva technique when I developed it is I wanted to equip people to be able to process and move through that when it inevitably comes up and out. Now, the other big thing that just is the biggest misconception around meditation is just that people think that they should be able to clear their minds. There's like one dude out there telling everybody to clear their minds. And so everyone's like, all right, brain, shut up. And then that is impossible because the mind thinks involuntarily, just like the heart beats involuntarily. And then people feel like they're failing and then they quit. Yeah. So what we've, the way we've solved for that at Ziva is that we now teach a trifecta of mindfulness, meditation, and manifesting. So the mindfulness is like the appetizer to the deep healing, restful practice that is the meditation. And when that meditation starts to bring up that lifetime of trauma, you have the mindfulness, which is very good at dealing with your stress in the now. So it's like, oh, I'm having some sadness coming up and out. You use the mindfulness to bring yourself into the present moment so you don't start speculating or spinning out. Yeah, that's so interesting. So I I learned uh, Vedic uh, probably 13 years ago. Amazing. Nobody told me about trauma and all of that stuff coming out. Because I'm in recovery, I'm kind of like was used to the process of trauma coming out. Yeah. But now that I'm sort of on the other side of it, as far as I know, maybe there's more. Yeah. Now I can see that. And luckily, I had a teacher who, who always emphasized, A, don't worry if you get off your mantra. Yeah. This, this is stress relief. And this is stress leaving your body. Yes. Yeah. Because the mind, like you just said, wants to make something of it rather than just accepting that this is the release. Yes. This is the good part. It just doesn't feel good. Exactly. It's like we have to bravely move through a little bit of uncomfortability so that we can come out on the other side. And what mo most of us are doing, and I think why so many people go to drugs and alcohol and pain pills and you know um, opioids is because we've been taught since we were infants to not feel our feelings. Just shh, don't yeah. cry. Don't cry. Have some milk. Don't cry. Have a cookie. Don't be sad have a toy. Don't be lonely. Have some Facebook. Don't be sad. Have some Xanax. Like don't, don't be sad. Have some wine. Like whatever you're doing, just don't feel, don't feel. Right. And then the meditation makes the feeling non-negotiable. It rings you out. And so all of that, that dog that barked in your face when you were 10, your parents divorced when you were 12, that breakup when you were 16, that stuff has been stored in your cellular memory. And meditation is not dampening the symptoms. It is healing the root cause. It is healing that stress that is stored in our cellular and even now we know our epigenetic memory. So what does Ziva mean? Mm, Ziva is a Sanskrit word that means bliss. It's also a Hebrew name that means one who is radiant or kind. And since bliss, radiance, and kindness are very common side effects of meditation, I thought it'd be a good name. And so when you decided, to, how, how long had you been teaching when you decided to start it? Well, 
I started it right away. So I've been meditating for about a year, and then I went to India and just to deepen my own practice. And it was in India that I decided I wanted to teach, or it shows me really. Yeah. <laughs> and then I started teaching just meditation, but it was still Ziva. So, but it was just, just I was just teaching meditation under the brand or name of Ziva, and it was about. In 2016, I started developing the Ziva technique, this trifecta of mindfulness, meditation, and manifesting. And and then did you open a studio? How did the business part work? Yeah, so we started, um, I was teaching out of my home in the very beginning, and then I would teach out of my friend's fitness studio, Body by Simone. I would rent their studio at night. And then it got so big, I had to get our own studio. So now we have a beautiful brick and mortar space in Soho in New York. Uh, but really a big, like 70% of our income now is from the online course, from Ziva Online, because, you know, are people all over the world that want this stuff, but they don't have access to a teacher face-to-face. I do think that if you can find a teacher and learn face-to-face, that's the optimal way to learn. But I think that it's it's also really good. I mean, thank you, technology. You know, we can yeah. actually share these tools now and scale it in a way to give more people access. But do you give individual students mantras? I do in the Ziva Live course. So right. face-to-face, um, yes, I give people personalized mantras. In the online course, what I do is that I teach people a protocol to choose their own mantra from a special list. And then in the book, I gave a universal mantra. And they are varying degrees of efficacy. So like I call Ziva Live like the Maserati of meditations because it's fast, it's powerful, and I think it makes you sexier. And then the online course is like a really great Toyota. It's still going to get you there, super efficient. And it could be a Prius, so it's really good for the environment. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And there's no paper. No. Um, And then we've got the book, which is kind of like a Vespa. So they're all going to get you there. It's just a matter of how fast you want to go. Oh, that's cheap. I remember the very first time I became aware of you. Well, I, 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 we were just talking about how I have this crazy memory, and then you kind of proved me that you have a better memory-ish. I remember reading about you in a mention in New York Magazine maybe eight years ago. Yay. Then when I first got into online classes, I was like, I'm going to see what this online class is about, and I watched your Mind Body Green class. Oh. So did that precede your own no, that was after ours. So we were one of the first people doing online meditation. It was actually before Headspace, before Oprah Chopra. And I was just, you know, it was just me and some chewing gum and some floss just trying to cobble together an online program with my BFA in musical theater degree. Um, but then we iterated on it and we just created Ziva Online two, one year ago, two years ago. It's pretty new, our, our current course. But technology has improved so much. Oh, yeah. Then. Yeah. So can we talk cold, hard numbers? Sure. So... The space in in New York, in Soho, do you own it? Do you rent it? I rent it. You rent it. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you raise money for this business? No, it's all been profit-driven. It's all been Mm profit-driven. And Meaning that any money we make, we just put back into the business. I never did a raise. And how big is your team? I have, well, someone's on maternity leave and someone just left. So we're currently three full-time, which is too small, uh, but we're hiring two new positions. So we will be seven full-time and four part-time when all of our hiring is done. And was that really stressful? As you're building a business, money's coming in, but you don't know how much you can afford to put out for your first employee. Like, can we talk about that building? Yeah. So in the beginning, I just had, because I was teaching acting and teaching meditation, that was kind of my transition point is that I opened up uh, an acting school. I opened up the East Coast uh, division of the number one acting school in LA. So that was really fun because it was able for me to, it was an opportunity for me to teach, but I was teaching this thing that I had been doing my whole life. And so it was, I was gaining my chops as a teacher. And really it's all about performance. The acting is about performance. The meditation is about performance. Uh, It's just different tools. And so in the beginning I had access to all these really talented, smart 
actors who weren't necessarily working all the time, and so I would work with them part-time. They would come on to Ziva part-time. So I had my first employee was an, uh, had a graduate degree from Harvard, and I was paying her hourly, and she really helped me to create everything and build everything. And now I have full-time employees and benefits, and we're in a very different place now. Did someone help you set all that up? Set up which? When you transition from freelancers and uh, to no, I kind of did it. You just figured on, it out on, on the job. On the job, I figured it out on my as I was going. But I did take Marie Forleo's B school. Well, at least like the first three weeks of it, I never finished it. But I mean, props to Marie that even the first three weeks of her course has helped me to grow this. And then I also want to give a shout out to my husband, who is now, as of a week ago, he's coming on board to Ziva as our interim CTO and CFO, which is so exciting because up until now we've kept it very church and state, like. We were, you know, relationship was here and business was here. And now I think it's growing so quickly that he's like, wait a minute, maybe I should jump on maybe this. Maybe I should ship. jump on this train. <laughs> now, and let's talk about the struggles. Okay. So we, we talked about anxiety, um, financial struggles, anything like that. What have been the greatest struggles in your journey? Well, from the business standpoint, like when I did launch the online course, um, you know, it was I remember I have the whole calendar, but we started development, I think, in March and we launched it in May, which is too short. That's too short of a time to go from shooting something to out the door. And But I just didn't know any better. I think an entrepreneur's biggest asset and their greatest weakness is their naivete. You know, you're so naive that you think you can do anything. And because you think you can do anything, you just do. But then you also run up against some challenges. So anyway, we did weeks of pre-promo and like building up. This big thing is coming. This big thing is coming. And the way we were introducing the online course was this call. And I thought it was going to be, you know, thousands of people on the call. I think there was 40 people on the call, and I think two of them bought the course for $250 a piece. We made $500. I had already put out $20,000 shooting it, editing it, the developers. And I was, I was, I was, I just remember crying and crying and crying. I was just so sad. It's like, I know this thing is so good. I know it can help people. Why don't people want it? But at this point, it was um, what they call like a nudist Buddhist. You know, it's like in business, you can be a nudist or you can be a Buddhist, but you can't be a nudist Buddhist. Okay, explain that. Meaning like you can have like one thing that's weird about your business or your company, but you can't <laughs> have two things that are weird. And in 2013, which is when it first came out, meditation was still weird and online courses were still weird. I know that seems crazy it to think does. about now. wow. But meditation was like, what? Like you're a what? You're a meditation teacher? Like everyone still thought it was real hippy dippy and online courses weren't really a thing yet. And so it was just slow on the uptake, but I'm glad that I stayed the course because now meditation's everywhere and online courses are everywhere. So yeah. it's kind of like first in the game. Wow. And so were there any other struggles? Yeah, there's been time. Oh, I remember my first tax bill. <laughs> I've been working like 60, 70 hours a week for 18 months. And then I got my first tax bill and I had not been paying quarterly taxes. Yeah. And, you know, the tax bill was X amount of dollars, which was more than the amount of money that I had in the bank. And I was like, how have I been working for 60 hours for a year and a half? And I have, I owe the government more money than I've made. Like that, I just couldn't understand. Yeah. And and I get why so many businesses fail, you know? And thankfully I was able, like I had some retirement that I could pull from. Like I had some cushion that I could live off of. And thankfully my husband was not like charging me rent because I moved from LA to New York. So I was living kind of rent free for a couple of months. And so that was a big help, which not everyone has. Yeah. And so I've just, you know, I've been helped a lot along the way. And so I'm very grateful for that. But that was a, that was a moment. That was a tough one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. 
I, okay, we got to do our lightning round. Okay. So I just want you to say the first thing that comes to mind. Um, what is your morning routine? Oh, well, I wake up, I do a little tongue scrape, brush my teeth, meditate, and then I nurse my baby. And then when my nanny comes or my mom comes, then I'll work out on a good day. I like it. The tongue scraping, I know I just said quickly, that's a thing, huh? It's really important. It's kind of a thing. In Ayurvedic medicine, you release something called ama, which is like this toxicity overnight. And if you don't scrape it off your tongue, within the first like five minutes of waking up, your body reabsorbs it. So, okay. Yeah. Tongue scraping. And it's best to do copper because they're naturally anti antibacterial. Okay. Okay. Good. Good tip. Nothing to do with success, although maybe it is. <laughs> what is a book that has changed your life? I mean, let's go old school. Like one of the first ones I ever read was a Celestine Prophecy. It was like one of my portals in. And it like introduced this idea of serendipity and synchronicity into my life. I like it. Do you have a favorite quote? Well, this is so narcissistic, but I'm going to quote myself. Ready? You're not the first. Go on. <laughs> well, it's just the one I want to get out there. Is yeah. Meditate to get good at life, not to get good at meditation. Love it. Um, have you had a mentor? Yes. Uh, I've had many. I think my husband has been one as far as business goes, but also recently JJ Virgin. She is the founder of Mindshare Summit and she brings together all these healthcare practitioners and teaches them business. And she's so generous and so kind. Amazing. Um, and I've, I've interv I interviewed her for Entrepreneur Magazine. Love her. Mm. Uh, do you have a spiritual practice? Duh. Yeah. Meditation, mindfulness, and manifesting. Right. What is your best quality? I would say the ability to take esoteric concepts and communicate them in a way that is accessible and attractive. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, define dark. It is the thing. It is our struggles. It is the thing that makes us human. And it is also divine. God is not only God of light. God is God of all of it. Speaking of which, define light. Res resplendence, radiance, effervescence. So good. <laughs> Thank you, Emily. This has been fantastic. So much light and so many good business tips at the same time. Thank you so much. This has been Light Hustle, uh, grit out of the dark. I will see you next time.